0: Hello, this is Rob Lott, and I'm
1: Jessica Bylander,
0: and you're listening to Health Affairs This Week, a regular conversation with a rotating cast of editors from Health Affairs. And today, uh, Jess, we're talking about what else? COVID-19. But this is not just any COVID-19 episode. This is our very special back to school episode. (laughs) And by Back to School, I'm not talking about the extremely dated 1986 movie titled Back to School, starring Rodney Dangerfield. Check it out, or don't. Um, No, I'm talking about the fact that over uh, the last few weeks and over the next few weeks, millions and millions of students are going back to school. So, Jess, let's uh, grab an apple for the teacher, because we're going all in on backpacks and pencils and Pencil sharpeners. Am I showing my age yet?
1: Yeah, it's a big year for your kiddo. I think um, first grade, right?
0: Yes, my daughter starting school next week in first grade. um, We're pretty excited. With all these kids going back to school, it adds a whole new dynamic, obviously, to the policy debates that we've been having over the last year and a half. Um, I'm talking about questions of mask mandates in schools, testing, air filters, uh, and of course, anxious parents. And by, uh, anxious parents, what I mean is me. Uh, I, I am an anxious parent, uh, with a daughter about to start school and it's pretty scary. Um, I try to, um, hide my nervousness from my daughter, but, uh, to be honest, I'm like in the running for the Academy Award in the category of anxious parenting in the time of COVID, um. And it's a pretty competitive category.
1: Right. It's so nerve wracking. I mean, so many people getting together after the summer holidays and, you know, we don't yet have a vaccine for those younger kids.
0: That's exactly right. And in fact, that's probably the the way my anxiety manifests itself um, most directly is uh, by frequently saying out loud to anyone who will listen, why haven't they approved a vaccine for kids already? And I know that's a pretty complicated question, and maybe that's where we should start, Jess. What's the, um, what do we know about how COVID affects kids, and what's the timeline for uh, a vaccine for kids under twelve?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, the big news of the week is that FDA did grant full approval for Pfizer's COVID nineteen vaccine and people sixteen and older. So not younger kids. But up until now, vaccines have been you know so called emergency authorized and. Now Pfizer's vaccine has passed the full FDA review, and just like any other vaccine you get at the doctor's office, it's you know completely has that FDA stamp of approval. So, but for younger kids, um, as we've heard throughout the pandemic, um, kids don't tend to get as sick from COVID nineteen as adults. But the fact is, they are susceptible to it. They can get sick from it. They can end up in the hospital, and they can spread it to other people. Like we adults who, who might actually get a more severe case. Um, so yeah, actually the American Academy of Pediatrics says that more than fi- 4.5 million U.S. children have gotten COVID-19 um, Wow! from the time the pandemic started to about mid-August. So yeah, it's not an insignificant number of, of kids. Um, and in terms of vaccines, so far there's one COVID-19 vaccine authorized for kids 12 and older, and that's from Pfizer BioNTech and that's been available since um, May. And in June, Moderna applied for emergency authorization of their vaccine for kids 12 to 17. So we're still waiting to see what FDA says about that one, Um, but we might see authorization for that second vaccine soon. Um, So as usual, vaccine makers are conducting their trials in older kids and then moving on to the younger kids. And right now, Moderna and Pfizer have trials underway for kids five to 11. So those younger school age kids, and then they'll study kids age two to five, which is where my little son fits. And so I'm definitely <laughs> anxious for those trials to start, but also kind of weighing like, would I be willing to enroll in a clinical trial for kids that young? So it's, it's a tough question for parents, I'm sure. But from for what sure. I hear, yeah, from what I hear, the interest is certainly high. So I'll, I don't think they're having any issues enrolling those trials which is which is good news. And then meanwhile, Johnson Johnson, we know the third vaccine that's available um they're just starting to study kids 12 and up in the fall with younger age groups to follow. So they're kind of a little bit further behind the others. Um yeah, so that's kind of where we stand with with the trials and younger kids.
0: Okay, Jess. So that's really interesting, really helpful information, but you haven't given me uh, what I asked for, which is an exact and very specific date for when my child can get vaccinated.
1: Completely accurate. <laughs> we won't go back on it. This is this is time. That's right. I'm
0: gonna hold you to it. <laughs> yeah, um, but, but what do we know about like when the trials will complete, and you know potentially when authorization or emergency authorization might come through?
1: Yeah, estimates are varying, um, and and there's some factors complicating it, which we'll discuss. But it sounds like we might see a vaccine authorized for kids 5 to 12 um, by at least the end of this year, Um, maybe early 2022, but seems more likely the end of this year with authorization for younger kids um, coming later than that. And FDA is requiring longer follow up in the younger kids trials than it did in the adolescent and adult trials to monitor for safety issues.
0: Gotcha. Um, So say a little more about those safety issues. Is is it sort of just a general concern about kids not being tiny adults, or are there specifics that they are looking out for?
1: Yeah, I mean, in general, kids' trials do, um, they do want longer follow-up in kids' trials in general. But um, in the case of COVID-19 vaccines, there have been some um, reports of a rare side effect that have emerged and made regulators a little more cautious. So we've learned that cases of myocarditis and pericarditis, which are inflammations of the heart or surrounding tissue, can occur with those um, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. And they're rare, but the risk appears for some reason to be higher in younger kids and especially younger males. Um, so yeah, initially the plan was for these trials to be a bit smaller than the adult trials, but based on these risks, FDA asked. Pfizer and Moderna to increase the size of their trials in younger kids, which could lead to some delays in when those vaccines are authorized.
0: Yeah, it seems like these uh, most recent announcements about the, about the potential delays have started to generate some debate and dialogue about really how long to go or how long to wait. Uh, I know we recently saw a letter from uh, members of Congress, Rokana and Katie Porter. To FDA Acting Commissioner Janet Woodcock asking for more details from FDA uh, about the timeline. And then um, a few weeks ago, there was also a pretty widely distributed letter from the uh, AAP, the Academy of Pediatrics, to the FDA, basically saying to the agency you know we appreciate how deliberate and cautious you're being but in our view with the rise of delta maybe you could speed things along a little bit um and in the letter they they actually say um that uh quote there is no biological plausibility for the serious adverse immunological or inflammatory events to occur more than two months after COVID 19 vaccine administration. And so it's this really interesting dynamic where you've got these sort of multiple entities, multiple folks sort of speaking from a place of authority, um, you know, trying to respect each other's roles in this really messy situation, um, but also kind of lobbying to move things along. And so it'll be interesting to see if that changes anything.
1: Yeah, it's always a, a balance of risks and benefits. With any treatment, you have to decide, you know, do the benefits outweigh the risks? And so far, you know, FDA seems to have felt that it did. Um, but, you know, the pressure is on. And so we'll see. They they definitely are taking their due diligence and and taking some extra time to review a bit more data on those younger kids.
0: Yeah, so that's vaccines. Uh, but if we're talking about back to school and especially about policies that are gonna affect us and our kids over the next few weeks. Uh, Obviously, we've gotta talk about masks as well. Um, And what you're seeing uh, lately is this sort of uh, crazy quilt of policies across the United States. Um, At the top, you've got CDC guidance, which is recommending uh, universal masking amongst uh, teachers, staff, students at schools. Uh, but of course, CDC, uh, it, what they provide is just guidance, and it's up to states and localities to um, to implement policies um, at that level. And what what you've seen as of uh, August twenty fifth, so uh, Wednesday, eight states had actually prohibited school districts from setting mask mandates. Fifteen states and the District of Columbia require masks to be worn in schools. Everyone else is leaving it to folks at the city, county, maybe the school district level. And so it's this real wild mix. And um, you're seeing it surface in some contentious school board meetings and wild social media um debates and everything else. Protests. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um I will I will just reiterate that the uh the latest evidence and the current evidence is that masks are effective and um do have a positive impact in terms of reducing transmission. Uh but of course uh there are a lot of other um arguments that people are making about um their rights and their freedom and all of that, it's really sort of glommed on to the mass debate as a as a platform for people to air those concerns.
1: Yeah, here in Colorado, definitely, definitely seems kind of like a, a local um, decision. I, I know where we are, um, the daycare where we're located, there is a county-wide mandate for kids to and up. So including even in daycares, we've, for the first time, started having to wear masks. And as you can imagine, that's Going so so in a classroom full of two year olds, but um, so that's our local um, requirements. But they'll vary other places in the state. And I know in Texas, for example, it's it's very contentious with um, you know different localities implementing their their own mandates within their school districts.
0: Yeah, it's really become a a platform for for broader political debates, and in a way that I think is. Too bad, but um, it will continue uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, I do, before we wrap up, Jessica, want to point people to a recent blog that we published uh, from Simon Hader about school-based clinics, which uh, I think in general is sort of an under-reported, under-researched topic, uh, the idea of locating school clinics, uh, or rather the idea of locating health clinics in schools. Um, but, uh, Hader has written a little bit about the role they might play at this time of pandemic. Is that right?
1: Yeah. The blog kind of argues that basically the time is now to increase funding to those school based health clinics, which are a really important source of healthcare for certain kids who don't have access elsewhere. And especially now with, um, you know, vaccines on the horizon or already available for twelve and up—they're just a site where kids can get that vaccine on mass, and it's just a convenient location to vaccinate children. So, um, there are some bills underway that um, that Hader discusses should really be prioritized to increase funding to those school-based health clinics, um, especially in the time of the pandemic when they could serve such an, a crucial role um, in terms of vaccination.
0: Fascinating. Well, maybe that's a good point for us to wrap up. Jessica, good luck as the school year begins. And um, uh, it's been great talking to you today.
1: Same to you. Um, We'll just have to wait and see as things develop. But good luck to you and your family as well. Um, To our listeners, if you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, tell a friend and Um, We'll see you next time.
0: Tune in next week. Take care, everyone.